Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. Uh, seems like I've been saying good evening a lot. Me and Gavin are recording these a lot late at night nowadays, <laughs> and it's summer. It's school's not even started. You know, I go to state, and uh, I have a feeling I'm gonna. You're gonna be hearing a lot of good evenings. You know, yep. y'all will probably listen to this in the morning when you have your coffee on a Sunday morning, and you're just, you know, maybe about to go to church or read the newspaper, do whatever. And I'm trying to keep my eyes open. We're crunched for time, so that's right, and we're not even doing nothing. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, as I always say before these broadcasts, you know, I want y'all to check out the Wave apps, the Wave Instagrams, the Wave Twitters. You know, Wave Sports Media is uh, who we're affiliated with. That's why we call this the Hell State Shockwave, or just the Wave. You know, if you caught that, I don't know how many of y'all caught onto that. It's real clever. I think I thought of it myself. It did. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but we encourage y'all, seriously, to look into those things. Um, it's yep. uh, it's really changing the way that sports is covered in the 21st century. And it's a and, time. It's about time that we started doing things the way the 21st century works, like we are with everything else. You know, your bank is on your phone. Your uh, Everything's on your phone. Your Gavin can provide some other examples of things that are on your phone. I'm, uh, I'm not your games are on your phone. <laughs> Your family's on your phone. Watching sports is on your phone. You know, if you're watching sports on your phone, why aren't you getting your information about them on your phone? Yep. Uh, I would really suggest you – if there's a team that you like, there is a – like I'd say 90% chance that there is a Wave page that covers that team. And all the guys that do that, that run these pages, they're educated. They know what they're talking about. They're not going to give you false information. Except for Wave. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's no way he's listening to this, so it's okay. Don't follow Bama Wave. I don't care if he's listening and to this. If you're an Ole Miss fan, there I was is no just way. About to say that. And we're going to try to no keep it that way. Ole Miss so. Wave. I'm just kidding. Landshark Empire needs to join the Wave. I don't. I don't he's a even, cool guy. I don't even know him. I just as long as it's not Rebel Zone. I actually, I'll tell you about this later, Colton. But I had a conversation with Rebel Zone the other day. Tell me what it was and like. And it actually, it, it wasn't bad. I've had some that weren't bad. He, uh, when he doesn't have an argument, he he can be he when he when when he knows that he does it, and he never does. But when he knows that he doesn't, he can be cool. Yeah, that's when he thinks. All right, he to does. to get off of our soapbox, uh, we just one time real quick, just like to thank Mac one more time. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would strongly advise you to. Uh, me and Colton were just talking about this. We did have some technical difficulties, so it doesn't it doesn't sound as good as it could but we did our best and we promise it uh it'll be better from here on out and just a reminder mcnamee had an interview the next day with the out of bounds show and still agreed to do our interview twice because we screwed up the first one was too bad it was too bad so yep. badly screwed up so uh thank him for that um we're going to try to keep it as brief as we can but we actually have a lot to talk about and all we're going to talk about this episode is baseball hope y'all are excited about yep. baseball next episode there's a lot of summer things going on for athletics for just about every single sport, including baseball, we're going to talk about those summer things next episode. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna try to get some interviews snuck in throughout the summer, also, just to keep you guys entertained. And uh, also, judging by the views on our last uh, episode with Mac, y'all like the interviews, so just we'll try uh, to keep it up. It seemed that they they y'all like that one a little bit, and I'm not, and I'm not like gonna reveal anything i'm not supposed to reveal of course but let's just say 
there's more listens to that show than all the other shows combined. Yeah. There are about, all right, that's our highest viewed episode or listened episode ever. And the episode in second, the Elijah McNamee interview has about five times as many listens as the one in second. So we know what y'all want and we know what we're going to try to get. Yep. But let's get started. Uh, you know, everybody's sad. Gavin's sad. Colton's sad. Players are sad. Coaches are sad. We are disappointed in how the season turned out. Uh, it's tough for it to be over when we had such a good team and the expectations that we had. But let's look at the silver lining in all this. We are extremely disappointed after winning a game in Omaha, Nebraska. And we're sad about that. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Auburn is thrilled that they even got there. Okay. Yep. You know, we know Vanderbilt won it all and that they've done it before, but Vanderbilt's still only been there four times. Michigan's They're, probably thrilled that they got there. Michigan fans don't know that they got there. I, most Michigan yeah. fans I know could care less if it's not football or basketball, and it's quite sad. Agreed. But um, – Or maybe lacrosse. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Hey, Michigan Wave is a good page. I'm just going to shout that out real quick. <laughs> anyway, Go check out Michigan Wave. We did have a uh, – Another top five finish, a consensus top five finish. We finished either fifth, third, fourth, or fifth in every poll. There's six polls. One was third, one was fourth, the rest were fifth. Uh, that's what we come to expect. And one thing I will say with you've got the, the absolute, beyond a shot of a doubt, best fan base in baseball, the absolute, beyond a shot of a doubt, best facilities in baseball, one of, if not the best recruiter in baseball, and somebody that's proved to be one of, if not the best coach in baseball. On top of the, the best hitting winning. coach in baseball. That's not that's not a debate. Huh? I said the best hitting coach in college the baseball. The best hitting coach in baseball whose name came up in like March for some coaching things and hasn't I haven't heard anything about it since. I've been keeping my ear to the ground on that. And, don't, and I'm not saying it's not gonna happen. But if he's we've got a great, great hitting coach and an outstanding pitching coach. Yep. Our pitching was was amazing this year. And y'all just kinda tend to forget if you think about this time last year, we pitched we pit, uh pit, Piece that thing together. There you go. So uh, think about how the recruiting is going to go. With all that being said, th- this is going to be the, the expectation and the norm, not the exception to the rule from now on. Yep. This this set the tone for Lamonis' tenure at State. This uh, definitely didn't hurt. It was not a, not a bad start. How about we put it like that? wasn't a, was not a bad start at all. Um. So, next thing we have is, it hurts to say it, but the dogs didn't play too great in Omaha. So. Um, we didn't. I was, when we were, were, I was talking about this with Gavin before the show, and we had, I think y'all, most of y'all would agree, maybe three good offensive innings. Yeah. And one of those was because of a big mistake that Auburn pulled. We had a great night. That we played great in the ninth inning. That was clutch. That was, uh, even the pitching before then was, was awesome. We scored two runs in one of the innings against Louisville. And I guess you could say we had another good inning in there somewhere. Even the one where we scored multiple runs against Vanderbilt, we had we left some runs on the table in that inning too. But that's 27 innings, and our offense was – now, offense was down the whole tournament except for that one game, uh, Michigan versus uh, Texas Tech. But we should have we, – we, that's not an excuse for us – for the be- highest batting average in SEC and the highest batting average – best hitting team – in the country, I believe, fifth highest batting average at least 
in the whole country. That's not an excuse for us to just kind of go cold. We didn't score a lot of runs. Yeah. And uh, it came back to hurt us, especially in that Louisville game, of course. So, um, next up we have – we're just going to run through a quick recap of the year. Me and Colton, we actually already did this episode, and we had some more technical difficulties, and we said, you know, this is unacceptable. We're not gonna, we're not gonna do this to him again. And gosh, how long do you think our recap took on that original episode? I know the whole episode was gonna be over an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, so I'd say I'd say probably thirty of those minutes were just us talking about moments from the season, not including our favorite moments that we're gonna talk about later. Yeah, so we'll we'll try to keep that a lot shorter for you guys this time. Um, so to start off the year, Youngstown State, Tanner Allen came out red hot. Some absurd numbers that he put up in that first weekend. Uh, what were you thinking at that point, Colton? I was thinking, man, my Friday night starter gave up a two-run home run for the first runs ever in this new park uh, <laughs> to Youngstown State, to the Penguins. Yep. The Youngstown State Penguins. It worked out. Uh, I think I think being pretty much a consensus national pitcher of the year, I would say that it worked out. Wouldn't you? Yeah, he found his guru, that's for sure. Uh, after that, we played the only non-conference games of the year that where tickets were sold as if it were a con- it was a conference game. Uh, the tickets were priced differently. The, loft pro- the lofts were priced differently. That was Southern Miss. Um, Ethan again has a career high in strikeouts in the first game and loses one to zero in extra innings. He doesn't get the loss, but we lose. Uh, but we responded pretty well after that, don't you think? Yeah, came back and uh, for the rest of the series beat them twelve to four, if I remember correctly. I think that does sound right. Um, JT, I had I was actually I hung out with my buddy up here for a little bit. That was uh, that goes to Southern Miss. He came to watch, and he he was more impressed with JT again than anything. And I yeah. think we would all find out pretty soon that he was right. Um, and Gavin would like to remind you that he was at that Sunday game, and I had some uh, school stuff going on. I had a a meeting I had to go to. I saw every inning of that game except the ninth. You missed the best part then. <laughs> I was watching on my phone. I was literally I had to go dress in a suit. Watching my phone, I walk into the building, just being, you know, clinging like to a, a weak Wi-Fi signal in a suit, and then I just start freaking out, like cheering, and but trying to stay <laughs> contained because it was in a quiet place. It was, it was, it was hard, but I did it. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't know what ninth inning we're talking about, basically Tanner Allen did Tanner Allen things, and he walked it off, let Jordan Westbrook score the game-winning run. Slapped it. It was good times in the new dude. Off Ryan Ock a left-handed sophomore from Southern Miss or maybe a retro freshman. I think he's a sophomore. That, I think he's uh, a sophomore. really hurt us in the first game. And uh, he was left on left with Tanner, and Tanner uh, punished him on a high fastball yep. that he slapped down towards that rotunda, and the uh, rest is history. Um, we played well, and I think a lot of outside fans, after we beat Texas Tech and Sam Houston State in the Frisco Classic, that's when they really started getting excited about this team. Um Y'all forget, we've started the season ranked behind Ole Miss. Yeah. <laughs> and every time that happens, I feel like we, A, beat them that year, and C, finish it. I just skipped a letter. I feel like we beat them that year every time that happens and also finish ahead of them every time that happens. So, yeah. what do those pollsters know? Um, not much, apparently. So, 
Well, well, that that's another argument for another day, though. We'll save that for later. That's right. We uh moving on in the SEC play. Started off going to Florida, got two wins. And how about you know we thought Florida was great then. They had they pummeled a ranked a highly ranked Florida State team in their mid one of their midweek games against them, like scored twenty runs on them. I think. Yeah. And uh, we go into there and take two or three. And I remember all I remember is actually being disappointed we didn't sweep. Which, yep. is, which at the time, because we thought Florida was great, was just, man, how good are we that we're just mad we didn't sweep Florida? Yeah, but over time we learned that Florida wasn't all they were cracked up to be. Which makes I, us I, even I more really mad still, that we didn't sweep Florida. Yeah, I still do feel like we should have swept them. Um, Jake um, had, hit his only home run. I thought I thought when he got one early in the SEC play that he'd get five or six. And I don't know if you remember that or not, Colton, but I called that. Do you remember that on Twitter? I do, and I also remember neither my app. My app wasn't working on my phone. The TV was playing. If you're watching, it was on the Spokesman SC Network, but the, the Mississippi State at Kentucky softball game was going on for too long, and I couldn't watch an SC Network, and I missed it. I actually didn't see it. Wow. It was just I got to see it, so I, I was one of the lucky few. Um, moving on uh, down the schedule. Had that crazy series against Auburn next, the same weekend the, uh, that the NCAA tournament started in both for both basketball teams. On a tough night, the women win a late game as a one seed, which is no surprise, but the men lose to Liberty as a five seed, sadly. And then Mississippi State drops a five seed decision to Auburn, one of the few nights where our bullpen didn't do its job. And uh, we really felt had to call back into that when we had a, a pretty big win on the Saturday game. And then the Sunday game, was if I'm pretty sure everybody remembers a 20 to 15 decision where we had to come from down from behind twice. Uh, it was back and forth. Looked like a football game. That was the day that Hell State Twitter on baseball, or the baseball Twitter, responded to me at Austin Coates, my boy. <laughs> um, after that, we had a tough series against LSU, and I'm still hurting about that one. I hate LSU. Very much. My sister is my sister's second favorite team, so that's part of the reason I don't like it. What? Why? Why LSU? Her best friend is going to go there. Uh, Who was here at my house today, staying all weekend. Dreadful. <sighs> anyway, I, I, I did bring up baseball, by the way, because we did, you know, go so much better than them eventually. But yeah. she didn't even mention the head-to-head because it shows you what's important to them. They're not even thinking about us. And here we are. <laughs> anyway. I want what LSU has. LSU has national championships, and we've been just as good as them, and we should have them too. I agree. Um, we're on the road to Tennessee. Only reason we didn't sweep them is because of a weird rule that Peyton Plumley throws the ball into a dugout, advances two runners two, to two different bases, and scores the only run of the game. Um, next weekend, we sweep Alabama on Super Bowl all weekend, and I think those games weren't even terribly close. Um, um, Alabama is still the dumpster fire of the SEC West in baseball. Yeah, we beat them. Hold on, I'm trying to do some mental math. I think I know the scores. So I think we beat them like 28 to four total that for the weekend. By a lot. And one of them, and I think they scored three runs in one in one of the games. I think they got shut out and then had a run run game. We, and I know uh, I'm weird for remembering that, but I remember specifically because my friends, my Ole Miss friends, were at Super Bulldog weekend, and I was not. So. Yeah, I remember going to part of the spring game, and the time the, it was rainy and cold. And if the weather turns out good for that weekend, it's a great weekend. But it could it could be hit or miss. Yeah. Um, we felt pretty good after that. Got our first sweep. 
and take us to the next series, Gavin. Um, then we go to Arkansas, and this is really the benchmark for the year. We get, you know, absolutely floored. And everybody, in hindsight, they would always say, you know, after that Arkansas series, that's when Mississippi State turned it on, and they were right, you know. But Arkansas was not a fun weekend. Too. I can't stand Arkansas either. Oh, by far my least favorite team. You know, I will tell you what, especially Alabama, those last two teams we discussed, those are not athletic programs I envy at all. Despite what Arkansas has been able to do consistently in baseball, we've definitely matched that, if not exceeded it. And I know Arkansas has had some things in the past in other sports, and that's fine. But talking really about Alabama, Alabama is pretty good at football, I would say. Their softball team does good most of the time. Um, and I think that they're good in gymnastics. Yeah. Nothing else comes to mind with Alabama sports. And <laughs> I want to be honest, I don't watch gymnastics, and I watched so much softball growing up that I don't really go to game those either. They have Colin Sexton. They have Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Reggie Perry, so we'll have that beat, I think. I think Reggie <laughs> Perry will go ahead of him. Yeah. Not as a freshman. But, and Colin Sexton was paid to go there. You heard it here first. You'll, it'll, you'll find out if you haven't already. <laughs> but uh, – I'm not jealous of that athletic department at all. If you want to sell out to football, you know, it's working because football is the biggest moneymaker, and I guess that's what they want, what they like down there. But I'd rather go to the postseason in 13 sports this uh, in 2018-19 than be good in football and make the World Series of softball, and that's it. Yeah. And they got and all they did in football was get blown out by Clemson in the last game of the year. If that's Moving how you on, want to be remembered. Getting off my soapbox. Uh, after – the Arkansas series, things got a little bit better. Yep. Came out and crushed Ole Miss in a midweek. That was fun. I was I got Very to travel fun. to that game and see my family in Pearl. Had a lot going on that week, but I'm you know, I'm one of those people that think sports is important. I decided to go to that game when I thought Jake had a great chance to break the hits record in his hometown against Ole Miss. Uh, the weekend at Arkansas that he had prevented that. But uh, I went to that game. And even though, you know, you might have a lot of time going on, but the time that you take to spend to spend with your family, with your friends, doing things that you love, you're never going to regret super long term. You might regret it if you get back late and had a test the next morning or if you've got a lot going on at work and don't really have time to just be frolicking around ballparks with your with your loved ones. But I promise in five or six years, you're going to remember that that ball game. I'm going to remember the Governor's Cup where we broke the attendance record in that stadium forever, like that ever happened, and watched Mississippi State get the first of us out of a sweep of Ole Miss this year in baseball, which I cherish more than almost anything in sports. <laughs> I'm going to remember that in a few years. I'm not going to remember that I was stressed out that week. Yep. So there's my public service announcement for the day. Go to baseball games. That's what Colton's saying. Or you started talking to my sister there for a second. <laughs> I wonder if she could hear me. Well, she could, yeah. She's yeah. like, all I heard him say was Colton. Can you hear me? Were you, uh, what was the last thing you heard? Um, you said, or I, last thing I heard was I said, go to baseball games. And you were like, yeah. Okay. So we're going to cut it off where you said go to baseball games. And then I'm going to say what I was going to say because that was kind of funny. All right. Well, you, you got to go in another room if you're going to talk. I'm going to let you do the editing still, Colton. So you're going to log me? Oh, dang. I thought I was off the hook for that. No, I need to do that because you do most of the grunt work for those things. So I'm going to do that. Um, 
anyway, uh, I'm going to start at 45. Okay. So that's what I'm saying, kids. Don't go to school. Parents, you know, grown people, don't go to work. Neglect those things and go to baseball games instead. Yes. That's the message for tonight. Exactly. If you don't take anything from this podcast, that's what you just took. Exactly. Precisely. uh, So after the Governor's Cup, we go into Georgia, get the sweep. Do you have anything to say about that weekend? I did. Or I did. I still do. It's not in the past. I did. (laughs) Um, A lot of people were very, very excited about that sweep and uh, definitely needed to be because Georgia was a great team. Georgia never didn't have a great hitting team. I feel like they're going to have all their arms back and lose most of the hitting that they didn't even really have. I know that sounds uh, backwards, but most of their most of their batting order is going to be gone next year. So Georgia's kind of an interesting team next year. They're not going to really pitch. They're going to pitch like really, really good. They're not really going to hit, but we'll see. Anyway, we didn't face their best guy, Emerson Hancock, that weekend. But the game we played against them, we won 19-3, to where Emerson Hancock would have been throwing. And I don't care who's up there. If it's an SEC guy and we put up 19 runs, um, we were going to do it that night, okay? We were going we to put up some, some numbers that day. Yep. You couldn't get away from it. Agreed. All right, so next weekend, we have a weird weekend against A&M where it was supposed to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, Thursday didn't happen. Friday happened, and then we had a doubleheader on Saturday, which – you know, that was just a weird weekend all around. Keegan James was supposed to be the Thursday starter because Small needed some extra rest. And then the weather in uh, College Station actually allowed Small to go on Friday. And he had a no-hitter into the – was it eighth or he went seventh? Through, he went through the seventh. Yeah. Ended so, up being a one-hit game for uh, that Lee Belt gave up. Not a bad night. <laughs> Not, not at all. Um, you know, we were worried that Peyton wasn't going to get to pitch because that's why we're starting to go with Keegan on Thursday, Ethan Friday, JT Saturday, because Peyton pitched a gym in the midweek game against Ole Miss, pitched a gym in the Sunday game against Georgia, and then now we couldn't ask him to go again that week uh, unless it was on Saturday late that day, and that is what happened, and he got the win. So uh, it was going to be a shorter game, we knew. We knew he didn't have to uh, throw, you know, seven or eight innings. And he gave us another great start, and we got two out of three up from A&M at A&M, which is a tough place to play. Another team that pitched really well, it didn't uh, hit the ball very well this year. Um, The only reason we lost, it was a tough luck loss that JT got the game we did lose. He pitched an outstanding game. Uh, Asa Lacey could be a pitcher of the year next year in uh, the SEC. If Ginn isn't, or Hamerson Hancock. McLeod. <laughs> so you think our the guys that's going to get pitch of the year is going to be our second starter or our third yes. starter? That's very likely. You heard it here first. I, I dig that prediction. <laughs> that's the that's the weird prediction of the week. <laughs> um, after we play A and M, we have a is that the crazy midweek game against Memphis? Yes, it is. Uh. You know, Keegan was supposed to go that week. We were hoping he would get to go that week against a struggling hitting team and get his confidence back, but he has to come back against Memphis in the midweek game, and he gets pulled in the first inning after a shaky start. Uh, yeah. They score seven in the first inning. And a lot of that was zero. off of walks, if I remember correctly. It was. It started off with walks. Um, and, you know, you throw, you get a couple walks, you kind of your confidence gets shook, you get, you know, out of your head, and things kind of snowball. 
but we don't lose midweek. Lose a midweek game this year, and we won that game nine to ten. Yeah. Some clutch hits by uh, Elijah McNamee and Tanner Allen. Tanner Allen did not uh, make it out that game. He was he was a hundred percent in the Memphis game and continued his streak into the next series. My favorite of the year. Yeah, no, that was definitely the best weekend of the year. I mean, we at least the regular season. That's not a debate. Uh, so we go in that one or the Georgia one. Yeah. So we go into Oxford and absolutely destroy the Rebels. It's not a question. Um, we get a two-run win in the first game. Um, some wins that weren't e- that even that close. The third and four, uh, second and third game in Oxford. Jake Mangum leaves the uh, as undefeated in Oxford. Never had a loss. Um, all those seniors have never lost in Oxford. We go four and zero against Ole Miss on the year. And we said earlier in the show, Ole Miss started the season ranked ahead of us, guys. Yep. I remember Yancey Porter put on the message boards. He's an Ole Miss beat writer. He's, he was saying – he wasn't saying it was going to happen, but he was like, if we can get a sweep somehow this weekend, we're right back in the national seed conversation. <laughs> and that was not going to happen. No. When's the last time Ole Miss beat us in baseball, Colton? In a series? No, just one game. That would be the, the second game – of the series last year. Okay. That was freezing cold. I actually could, that was a game. I literally, guys, this has never happened before. That was a game I could have gone to and didn't. Mm. It was that cold in April. I went to the, I remember last year, I went to the opening series again in Hattiesburg, regretted that, uh, and was burning up in the middle of February. And then in mid April, I was freezing cold. It was raining. It was so cold. I couldn't be there. (laughs) Literally. And that's that 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 is not like me at all. If you know me, I did see the blowout win though. I had to leave in between the games, and I said, "Hmm, I don't think I'm going to go back." Hmm. But anyway, so that's the last time they beat us. Haven't beat us in a series uh, since before Jake was here. So yeah. that would be 2015. That's pretty remarkable. Pretty impressive. All right. Um. So after we roughed up Ole Miss, we go on to the. Well, we'll skip the midweek. We beat Tech, Louisiana Tech, seven to three. Then we go uh, South Carolina comes to Starkville, and first first uh, game out, which was on a Thursday. If I remember correctly, that, we won a football game. That uh, that one, that what we did to that team was sinful and wrong. <laughs> and. You, you, that was when you felt like Mississippi State was playing the absolute best baseball in the country and the best baseball they played all year. Because after taking care of Ole Miss and Louisiana Tech, uh, on a, and, and Jake had a tough game against Louisiana Tech, who still scored seven runs. Just um, not a bad team. Mississippi State scored 43 runs that weekend. Mississippi State scored 24 runs that Thursday. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's impressive. That is. We had insane. a chance to capture the the solo, the unshared, outright SEC West division title with a win on Sunday, and some tough Saturday. errors kept us from doing that. South Carolina, you know, I was hoping that they would lose the series. Had South Carolina lost the series before, they would pretty much be eliminated from the SEC uh, tournament, and they would have nothing to play for. But they they did have something to play for. They kept it, wanted to keep their season alive, and they did by getting at least one win, and. uh 
you know, it's it was a tough loss at the time because that's another one that we really should have swept, but it didn't matter as much, you know, as the season went on. Yeah. Um, Going to Hoover and play pretty bad. There was one game that was kind of really interesting. I'm trying to remember what was so significant about it. Do you? Uh, maybe the number of innings that were played. Do we? I, do, do we play two ball games on that Wednesday? <laughs> uh, two and eight ninths. We played eight, I'm, I'm a seventeen inning game, and Gunnar Halter of all people. Sends us home on a walk-off after when LSU took the lead, Jake Mangum had to force a tough play by the second baseman to drive in a run from third base in the 16th inning. Um, Halter gets it done in the seven, in the 17th, and the rest is history. Yep, and uh, Halter will not be in Starkville next year. We'll, we'll get more on that later. You know, the rest of the tournament wasn't uh, – Ethan had a great start against Vanderbilt, an absolute gem of a game that, you know, we actually out-hit Vanderbilt and still lost by one run. Um, and I'll just go over this briefly. You know, people were acting like, oh, man, this is the tournament. We're playing so bad. And boo-hooing and everything. And look, guys, it was fine. We're not – no, it was. It would not be wise of anybody that had nothing else to play for. If you've locked up a national seed, okay, you do not expend energy in that tournament. Mm-hmm. It's a meaningless tournament. I honestly am surprised that uh, we won one game. I'm surprised they fought as hard as they did to win that game, but that shows you what you – that's what you, you want to do against LSU. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you're telling me if it's any team but LSU in that tournament, we're just going to pack up our bags and go home? No, because I feel like LSU has our numbers, so that's the only reason – I feel like that's the only reason they beat us in the game – other game they played against us. No, I just uh, – I was just saying – I almost felt like, man, we are really fighting hard, and this game doesn't matter. Yeah. But I also didn't want to lose it because if, if you stay up to watch that many innings and you lose, I would have felt terrible. Dude, I did not care at that point. That That's – man, I, I you're different from me. I was going to be angry that we lost that long a game. Yeah, but I was going to Hoover the next morning, so it was like I'm up at 3 in the morning watching this team, and I have to be – Leaving my house in three hours to go watch this team tomorrow. I was I was on vacation with my friends and I stayed up watching it and a couple of them went to sleep but they all were like they were they watched you know the first, the last five innings with me until the night and you know just until they were ready to go to bed and then once the game never ended they weren't even baseball fans but they have to just so captivated you have to stay up and see what happens yeah if you watch nine you have that's, to watch ten watch ten that's how I 11. felt. That's exa- That's exactly how I felt about um, LSU and A and M in football this past year. Yes. Like I, I had no stakes in that game. You have to watch the other one. Yeah. What was that? Seven overtimes. I think so. Seven. Yeah. And I, I could care less about that game. I could have because I remember we didn't need A and M to win to keep getting some outback ball, but it worked out anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, talking on through the season, you know what happened in the postseason. Um, we get to host a regional. We're a national seed, number six national seed. Should have been higher. It ended up not mattering. We had some Omaha anyway. But um, we, I think we proved that some of those teams below us didn't deserve to be there, like uh, Georgia Tech and Georgia. Um, we should have been ahead of both of those teams. But it's neither here nor there now. Um, both those teams lost host regionals. So, But we get Southern Central Michigan and Miami. You know the story. JT gets sore. Uh, in a Southern game the day after our first ever broadcast. Um, 
Brandon Smith gets rushed out there and gives, gets roughed up a little bit by Southern, who's an aggressive team. They did not have an under 300 hitter in their lineup. Yes. Uh, that's impressive. They're a good little team. Um, we ended up beating them 11 to 7. 6. 11 to 6. We uh, get a, a 19 game winning streak team in Central Michigan that we took care of by aggressive early hitting and great pitching from Ethan Small. And then Peyton Palmley finishes up. He gives up a solo home run. Um, gets in a jam that Tristan Barlow gets us out of but before he gives up a run. Uh, he gets a basically loaded double play that uh, was an RBI double, uh, ground out. And other than that, it, uh, we cruise to win there 5-2. to two, And then we get to play Stanford. Host Stanford. I remember I told you I wasn't scared of Stanford. Stanford's overrated. I found out, you know, with UCLA uh, taking an extra game to get through their regional, Stanford the same, and Oregon State getting bounced early, Arizona State not looking good in their regional. I figured that league was overrated. Even after all year, I said they weren't. And then when you find out the Pac-12 didn't even make it to Omaha, it looked like we were right. Yeah. Honestly, um, we – which I didn't buy into that in the regular season. But after I see I Oregon I'm State – I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> after I saw Oregon State, though, get sent home and Stanford, then I was like, okay – or not Stanford. After watching Oregon State and UCLA get sent home, I was like, yeah, these – Maybe they're not as good as everybody thought. We, uh, you know, the the committee that seated the teams had them ranked lower than all the polls, and I guess they got it right. Yeah. Compared to the polls, because the polls had Stanford ahead of us most of the time. Yeah. Obviously, that was uh, faulty because we whooped them. Um, in that first game, Ethan Small pitched great. He got some trouble in the first inning, and Jake Mangum uh, turned what should have been a grand slam into an RBI flyout. Um. Ethan was one great play away by Jake from giving up more runs in one inning than he'd given up all year. Uh, he was lights out after that. We win that game handily. The big triple from Skelton, the great game from Peyton Plumley. We were saving again because of a lingering injury. We knew we weren't going to use him unless we had to. Plumley gives up two hits all game. He gives up the first and last, a hit to the first and last batter he faces through seven innings or through six and two thirds. And, uh, the magic moment from Jake and McNamee in the ninth on top of getting Lee Belt and Cole in to close the game out was just – couldn't have been scripted any better. Yep. Yep. So, after, you know, after we get sent to Omaha, we have the crazy ninth inning against Auburn, which was, yep. you know, really probably one of the most unbelievable moments of the season because I don't know about you, but I'm watching that game. And, you know, I'm thinking there's no way. But once again, the Diamond Dogs said, never say die. I was being careful not to say it out loud. I think I said this in the last show, but I was being – in the show after that game. But uh, I was being careful to not say out loud. We had to – the National Championship came for the loser's bracket last year. And we ended up not having to. I was thinking the whole game, you know, we're going to have to come out, oh, man, this is annoying. We're losing to a team that we should have beat that we've beaten already before. And then we didn't have to worry about that. Yep. I got to watch this year's walk-off, both of them, sadly, on the second part account, and I uh, got to watch the one last year. I wouldn't trade any of those moments for just about anything. Those were amazing things I'll never forget. Um, of course, mistakes killed us in the Vanderbilt game. Um, untimely – I would say un- untimely and not very clutch pitching coupled with a shrinking strike zone killed us in the Louisville game. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. And Matt kind of touched on that in his interview 
just talking about how even he thinks Cole got squeezed and he, know, he was definitely got squeezed. Yeah, just some. He talks about umpires were not very consistent in Omaha, and that needs to change. Yeah. Uh, if you ever watch a major league game, I don't like showing a little strikeout box necessarily. It's fine, I guess, but they don't they don't miss those calls a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I you very seldom see one of those umpires miss a ball that's in that that's not that doesn't you know had the little sticker pop up in that zone. Yeah. But because uh, they do a good job, and there's no reason the way college baseball is that we can't get some of those guys or somebody that good to be in our games too. Yep. And especially in All Omaha, right, now, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you, and I know they had the best umpires they could get, and I recognize most of their names for crying out loud, but they were just seemed like they were under so much pressure and didn't, you know, just like some, some teams didn't perform as well as they should have. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about something, you know, I'll let Gavin go first. We're going to talk about what we what was our biggest moment, our favorite moment of the season. Um, and the thing about this is everybody gets spoken to a little bit differently by these events and these uh, – big big time moments and it's it's a different feeling and a different way it inspires everybody and that's what's so cool about sports is that it can affect everybody in a big way and not the exact same way yep so uh gavin what's yours i'm gonna have to go with the ninth inning against stanford uh if you're gonna make me be specific but most overall i'm gonna say you know that second game against stanford just because it was so Special to see the way that Peyton Plumley went out of Duty Noble, to see the way that Elijah McNamee went out of Duty Noble, uh, Jake Mangum, Cole Gordon. You know, all, all four of those guys have been seniors that we've been able to lean on. Um, you know, they're just so special to the program. And they all mean, you know, something special, whether it's, you know, Peyton, the way that he's battled through adversity, Cole, he wasn't going to come back. And then, look, he's our closer. You know, he's our – arguably one of our most dependable arms out of the pen. Elijah, just his postseason magic that he's had, uh, you know, last year and then in the ninth inning against Stanford. And then obviously what Jake's meant to the university with all that he's done. It was just special to see all of them get their last big moment in Duty Noble. That was uh, – I got to see that that game and it was – a, a it was – Almost as unrivaled a moment as we had. That was, you know, like I said, I was I watched us walk off Auburn. I was not in the state of we walked off Southern Miss, as we discussed. I was there um, for a lot of these big time things that we got to see all year. But my favorite moment would have to be the hits record that Jake got. That I got to watch Jake, you know, fight through a slump first of all, but second of all, break a record that. A, needed to be broken, was set during a time when baseball just wasn't the pure game that we had now. You know, we went through a period of really hot bats where 19-run uh, games weren't uncommon, or at least they weren't as uncommon as they should have been. And we went through a period when nobody was really hitting a lot of bombs because they just they overreacted to that. And I think now we're in the sweet spot of baseball to where things are going the way they should be. Um, you're hitting the bombs are right where they ought to be, the runs right where they ought to be. And so in this, you know, if we can call it golden age of, of the way the game is played, for a, a conference record of that magnitude to go down to one of our favorite players was just outstanding. In that game, if you weren't there, they uh, he gets the hit. I was, watch, I was trying to video it, and as soon as he pops it up, I'm like, oh, well, that's either foul or out. So I'm going to put my camera down. And then it drops, and I was like, crap, I missed it. <laughs> but uh, 
they he gets on first. Everybody's freaking out. We all know what just happens. Um, they announced when he tied the record earlier in the game. He got he got a leadoff single, so we all knew that it was going to happen that game or the next game. He wasn't going to go hitless for the weekend. He gets a leadoff single. I'm studying for my final exams in the stadium, burning up in the heat. He gets the second hit of the day, the second bat of the game, and they start playing his song. Your Love by the Outfield starts going through the speakers. They play almost the entire song, and it was just such a beautiful moment. He picks up the base. They let him take the base that he uh, got to. They let him take first base, and it wasn't this big – you know, it wasn't a sharp single through the through the six hole like he used to hit. It wasn't, you know, a, a seven a seven or eight or nine pitch at bat where he fought through and got a hit. It wasn't a home run, you know, that he didn't get a lot of. But that ugly quote unquote ugly hit is not the moment. The moment is the three hundred and fifty two hits before that and the couple dozen hits after that. And it's watching Jake grind out and come through with us in the biggest moments all year all his whole career it's watching him win a batting title as a freshman it's watching him make diving catches in the outfield that most outfielders can't get to it's watching him hose runners uh and taking away base hits and extra bases on the regular it's how much work that he's put in and how hard that he uh, uh he takes his approach to the game how he sets an example for younger players it's how he legs out every single to first base every you know potential error or, or infield single or even if it's a routine ground ball that he has no chance he's still huffing all the way to first that's what that moment meant all of those things is what made it possible for him to give mississippi state probably one of the most important records in the sport yeah and it was it was just so much you could just see the relief and the smile even from the outfield you could just see how he felt in that moment you know let him he just soaked it all in and realized that he was what that what he was uh, feeling in that moment was a result of all that hard work that we got to were so lucky enough to witness. So that's why that was my favorite moment. There we go. So next we're going to talk about all of the uh, juniors who will be leaving, just to give you guys an idea of what the team's going to look like next year. We'll just run through the list. Um, so obviously the big one is Ethan Small, and then he uh, go ahead. I think uh, he's pretty good at baseball, and he's going to be really, really just, just pretty okay in the future. Uh, National Pitcher of the Year, SEC Pitcher of the Year. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers got a good one. Of course, uh, we're going to be losing Tristan Barlow, yep. another pitcher. Really, was I thought was going to be our best reliever um, early in the year. He ended up, you know, having some control issues, but that from the left side, man, he's just devastating with his slider. Yeah. And uh, – he can get some of those things fixed. He's going to be fine. Um, we're not keeping Skelton. We're going to be good at catcher, guys. I know Skelton is one of my favorite players, but uh, he's got bigger and better things to go do. We wish him the best of luck. In the, the I, he needs all the luck he can get in the Miami Marlins organization. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he could move up rather quickly. Kind of hoping he'll get traded. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, what's next? Keegan is gone. Also, yeah. He, uh, he signed with the Rockies. He needed a fresh start. This year didn't go quite the way he was hoping it would. Um, ever since his injury uh, a long time ago, he hasn't been the same. It's kind of been sad, but hopefully a uh, change of scenery will be good for yeah. him. His brother will be here next year, so I figure he'll be around whenever he can be. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, we got Lee Belt, 
we know this. We're going. We can get into the seniors. Well, first, if we're going to talk, before we talk about the seniors, we got to talk about Halter. Halter didn't get drafted, guys, but he's not going to be on the team next year. You know, we kind of thought that he might could come in and hit, you know, 15 home runs, and he had the power. He hit one opposite field, but he just didn't quite work out. Although he had some great moments, he, you know, had walked off LSU. He uh, did really well. He started uh, 43 games. I think it could have. I'd much rather, obviously, have him around, but I could kind of see the writing in the wall. He just never really looked comfortable yeah. here. Always was kind of different, you know. Um, we'll see how that works out for him. Best of luck. And uh, hopefully it works out really good. He's trying to either be a, become a free agent in the Major League Baseball, which I would not think is a good idea, or transfer, which I would think is a better idea. Yeah. And uh, before we get into the seniors, we forgot another junior, Colby White. That's right, Colby White. Night, night, Colby White is gone. Uh, he was, other than Ethan, I think he was the most foregone conclusion. We knew for sure that he'd be gone. There was no chance of him coming back. He comes from a town of less than 300 people and is, a, and is on the fast track to Major League Baseball. He is an absolute disgusting pitcher. Uh, he's got the velocity to do it for real. Um, he's still young, still growing into his arm a little bit. He's, uh, he's going to be – I think he could be pretty special too. Especially if he gets to where he lasts longer, he's actually kind of fighting injury. Also, if you didn't know. Yep. So going into the seniors now, obviously Jake. Yep. And Same. like the slip of my tongue said earlier, Jared Lee Belt. And then we have Jared Lee Belt, who was just so reliable. Our best, most appearances on the year was great, especially uh, through the tough middle part of the season. We were playing some really. Uh, you know, that Georgia, Texas A&M, Ole Miss kind of stretch. He was there really yep. uh, big in those innings. Got us out of some jams. Love seeing him play this year. Of course, we yeah, lose he, Cole. He will be missed. Yeah, Cole, he's going to be missed. But I'm just I'm just almost honestly so this. proud of him. Yeah, considering that baseball was almost not an option for him this year. And now look at him. He's going to go play in the majors. I, I think he's sneakily – could be one uh, one of the better prospects from the team just because he still has room to become a better pitcher. Yeah, because he's only been doing it for two years, two and a half years. You know, that blows me. He's going to learn to pitch and be even better. He has a not a mean, a nasty breaking ball and a plus fastball. Yep. Uh, I'd like to see him get uh, grow as a player. Maybe I'll get to watch him on TV someday. <laughs> then we got a uh, plum. Plum, man, that's he locked down that third starter position. I, we and Gavin said this before, probably the best third starter of the country down the stretch. Yeah, and he, uh, he's somebody that you'd love to have coming back, but of course he's he's aged out. Um, he had to serve a year suspended, and that kind of hurt his growth, I think, a little bit. But uh, still worked out uh, beautifully for us and for him. His resurrection in the Bulldog program. You know, most most guys don't come back to the same team after that. Yeah, but we We looked up. It, it worked out good for everybody, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then and we course, have – Mar- Yeah, I was going to say Marshall Gilbert. Oh, well, Gilbert – we'll talk about Gilbert first. He uh, he got a lot of flack this year, and I felt really bad because, he, yeah, he made some errors, but I've said this a thousand times. For every error he made, he made a pro first baseman – excuse me, a pro third baseman play to go along with it. Yep. He bat around 310, 315 all year in the nine hole. Guys, and was we asked him to play a position that wasn't his, and he stepped up. So, 
best of luck to that guy. Glad That's to have off to Marshall. Junior college transfers working. Yeah, working out for us. So and as you said, Elijah McNamee. And McNamee is somebody I think every single Mississippi State fan will never forget, and that they'll miss for forever. You know, hopefully he, him and Jake are back here coaching someday. Yeah, I, I honestly could see that. I think Mac will I be back around Mississippi State in some but, uh, way, shape, or form. Mac, when he was healthy, probably one of the most valuable players on the team, and yet somehow isn't has an unsure future. Uh, that's crazy for me to think about. It kind of hurts my heart. Really hurts my heart. But that dude's a fighter, and he's going to find something to make of himself. And nobody's going to be surprised if you're a Mississippi State fan that he did. Yeah. Let's see. Well, that's all the seniors, isn't it? Yep, that's everybody. If we miss somebody, we're sorry. Notice, I don't, we didn't. Notice we uh, only losing three position players. You got to fix a lot of the outfield. We're replacing a bunch of three 300 hitters, but or four 300 hitters. But uh, all losing three position players, and we look good at catcher too. So this is a team that's built to last. We'll get in more to that later. Yeah. But yeah, we uh, ought to talk about some of the things that we accomplished this year, just as a team and as individuals. Ethan Small breaks the uh, strikeout record. I'm glad. I'm so glad I got to see that. I feel like I was. I was just hanging on to every strikeout. I love pitchers. I love watching people pitch. And uh, me and my friend, we were watching the Omaha game uh, against Auburn. We're just, just me and my friend Will were just ooming and awing at some of the disgusting pitches he was he was having to do because his hot fastball actually wasn't working that game. Butch Thompson had his guys ready. He even said at the press conference that he was ready for that. And uh, he had to use his breaking balls, which he what isn't a strikeout pitch, and still really got it done with eight strikeouts that night. Yep. For nine, he uh, he was impressive. Of course, the hits record from Jake, Miss uh, three hundred fifty-three was the magic number for him to break. He got it pretty early on and continued to add to it. He's now fourth in NCAA history in hits. That's something that we'll never, we'll never. That's a record that I highly ever doubt will be broken in the SEC. And if it is, it's still something we can hold on to for forever. Yeah. You know, maybe baseball changes. You know, it's, uh, you never want to say never because. People, there's a lot of things we say never about uh, that people that are happening now that people said never about years ago. You know, nobody ever thought guys would be shooting 400 threes or making 400 threes in a season in the professional basketball, but it's happening. You know, yeah, games change, but maybe 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 600 hitters is the norm in the future. Who knows? I hope not. But I hope not. I like watching pitching. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we set a school record for doubles with 166 doubles this year. Led the NCAA in doubles. Led the SEC in batting average. And like I said earlier, was fifth in the country in batting average. Without a bunch of power numbers, and the power numbers are going to go up next year, guys. Yep. Without a bunch of power, we still were probably one of the most dangerous offenses in baseball. And that's something to look, to look again, to be excited about. And we are – season to where I would not be surprised if we kept Go- Gotro uh, through 2020. You know, who knows for sure, but I haven't heard too terribly much about his name being thrown around, which is good for us. Yeah, if we he can keep Gotro, our lineup next year is going to be able to swing it. It's, you know, my prediction for next year, maybe a couple, a little bit of a dip in average or replacing uh, 
a three a three fifty three sixty hitter in Jake. But if there's a dip, I don't think it's a big one, and I know it's going to be more home runs. Westburg's going to, uh, you know, Westburg still hits balls hundreds of miles an hour, like two hundred fifty miles an hour. I think is what his totals <laughs> is what his uh last last ones were. Foscue is and Tanner Allen are both uh, SEC Player of the Year candidates. So is Westburg is for that matter. Um, they're guys that can hit 20 home runs. Rowdy Jordan's a guy that can hit home runs from either side. He uh, He's a little guy with a lot of pop and a lot of power. Hayden Jones has pop. Huh? Hayden Jones has pop. Hayden Jones has pop. Brad Cumbus has pop. Josh Hatcher has pop. It's going to – it could be something special. Yep. But uh, enough about, you know, some of those things. We're going to get on into what we think next year's going to look like. We, me and Gavin have – Slightly different, maybe a, a pretty different ideas of who we think is going to start next year. Gavin's going to go first and tell y'all his uh, projected starting nine before we get into some questions. Yeah. So I might have spoiled this a second ago, but starting catcher, I have Hayden Jones. First baseman, I have Josh Hatcher. Second baseman, I have Justin Foscue. Third baseman, Landon Jordan. Shortstop, Jordan Westberg. Right fielder, I have. The incoming freshman, Andre Tarver, who was a 15th-round pick by the San Diego Padres. And then center field, I think we'll move Rowdy over. And I have Tanner Allen starting in left field. An interesting theory about that is uh, some of y'all might be thinking, you know, Gavin's crazy. Why is he moving T.A. to left field? I have him in left field because he's playing left field for Team USA right now. And I don't see him being a first baseman down the road. Uh, that Team USA team, Chris Mo- Chris Lamonis is actually one of the coaches. So I feel like he's he's getting T.A. valuable reps. You know, he's not going to say – he's not going to put him in outfield if there is absolutely no way he'll be in outfield next year. Um, for D.H., I have Luke Hancock locking that down and then assuming, uh, you know, that Hancock will go in and give Hayden Jones some rest every couple days. I have Mule – taking up DH while uh, Hancock is catching. And then uh, I have our rotation for the weekend looking like JT Ginn will be our ace, Christian McLeod will be our Saturday starter, and then Brandon Smith will start on Sundays. Uh, First guy out of the bullpen, I have Riley Self. Our setup guy I think will be Spencer Price, and then I have Eric Sarantola to be our closer. That sounds good. Mine, like I said, is slightly different. I've got – Got Hancock behind the plate. DHing, I've got Jones. But the thing is, I think they will both stay in the hitting lineup regardless, and neither will be the full-time catcher 100% of the time like we did down the stretch this year with Skelton. So I think if Hancock catches two-thirds of the games, he DHs the other third and vice versa for Jones. Um, I'm keeping T.A. at first. Uh, he's at all – he's all uh, – American there two years in a row, freshman All-American all, and third-team All-American this year at first base. Bosky was All-American at second, and with, but with that exact same logic, I think he moves to third, oddly enough. That's more his natural position. The The word that I'm hearing from guys closer to the program is that the second base is a position, is an infield position that's wide open, that they're trying to find a, a solution for. And uh, and I say that, and the, I think the chemistry with Foskey and Westberg in that middle infield was great. So I'm not sure if that's the best thing for the team, but we'll. There's people that are paid to make those decisions that know more about it than us. Yep. Um, that being said, I think at second base it'll end up being Landon Jordan. 
Of course, the one thing we're definitely sure about is your shortstop. That's going to be Jordan Westburg. Another thing I think we're sure about, if Rowdy is anywhere but center field, I'll be very surprised. Uh, that's your new fan favorite uh, player that's taken up that leadership role as a junior. I think you were going to have Cumbus and Wright. He proved he can do it this year. And I'm torn. I've got to think that I know that Hatcher is going to crack the starting lineup in some capacity for at least a few games, if not the whole season. I'm kind of torn between putting Andre Tarver, the new freshman, and Hatcher in left field. And the crazy thing about that is we haven't even mentioned Basil Howard, who is a plus-plus defender and a hitter that redshirted this year that could also be the outfield. So, you know, I'm kind of copping out. Uh, I'm going to give the nod to, I think, Tarver. But if Josh Hatcher finds his way into the into the the rotation or into the lineup as a outfielder or an infielder, I will not be surprised at all. Yep. And I wasn't going to um, interrupt you while you were on your roll, Colton. Uh, it is Basil Williams, if you want to look him up. What did I say? Howard. Which I don't know why. Which is understandable. I said that when we were talking about this. Yeah. He, I don't know anybody named Basil Howard. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I, <laughs> He doesn't look like a Howard. There's nobody named Howard on the team. Don't sweat it. I don't know why I've done this. I don't know. It's okay, though. I did that. I, I literally, we were on the phone before this, and I did this to him again. Yep. And I was, anyway, apologies to him, his family, and all of you. <laughs> but uh, Basil Williams. And uh, I think our rotation, back going back to what we were discussing, our rotation would be get on Fridays, and I don't know which which day, but I think that it'll be finished out by Sarantola and McLeod. Uh, if y'all listen to Mac to me interview, McLeod is probably the guy that Mac hated to hit against the most, and he didn't even pitch this year, guys. So we've got some crazy, awesome, special things coming. Low key, I think we could have a better rotation next year than this year, and that's terrifying. Oh, I don't think Absolutely low key. Terrifying. I think that is how it's going to be. Uh, guys, pitching is how you win in this league, and. If you've got like I think the first the first reliever would be Brandon Smith or your midweek starter probably I'll just call Brandon Smith your midweek starter reliever if you need him in the weekends. If that's your midweek starter, that's big time. Brandon Smith would start for ninety percent of teams in America, okay, in the rotation on the weekend. I think that puts you as uh, some of your staple bullpen guys being Self and Egan. I think Jack. I think I think it kind of works out. Next year, your Lee Belt, Egan Cole – I mean, excuse me, your Lee Belt, Colby White, Cole Gordon is going to be your Spencer Price, Jack Egan, uh, Spencer Price uh, – excuse me, Riley Self, Jack Egan, Spencer Price, in that order. Okay. Um, Riley's going to be your more reliable middle reliever. Setup guy is going to be Egan from the left side throwing gas. Uh, Spencer Price's dirty sliders is going to get back into where he was his uh, in 2017, and he's going to contend for the SEC leading saves, and that's my prediction. Okay. The only reason he won't contend for the SEC leading stage is because we're winning games by more runs than that. <laughs> uh, do you think that this team, you know, take away the obvious leadership, Obviously. do you think that there is a chance they could be better than this year's team? I don't want to say that because this year's team was just so good and there's always a chance, you know, there's always a chance. I think – as much as we're losing pitching-wise with the class we have coming in that we haven't talked about, pitching can take a step up. I truly think uh, our offense looks a little bit different, like I was uh, teasing earlier in the, in the show. More 
big hits, I still think it's less average. Mm-hmm. And I hate to yeah. say that because I, I look at Westberg, Foskey, Tanner, and Rowdy, and I see 350 average hitters, all four of them. Well, T.A. betted 350 as a sophomore. <laughs> with a with a huge slump that Bruin, uh his first start of the season. Yeah. The thing is, though, is the you've got to kind of put it together after that. This year, one through nine, it was a nasty, dangerous lineup. This year, next year, I feel like one through five is nasty, dangerous, and then I don't know what you've got after that. You know, not for sure. I know that there's potential there. We'll have to see. If they can hold to like just kind of hold serve compared to what we did this year, if they can just kind of, if we can just kind of hit in the backside lineup like we did this year and just kind of do the same thing, the front side of that lineup will be so dangerous that uh, I think we could win 55 games the regular season. And excuse me, I think we can win 55 games next year, and that wouldn't even be surprising. Okay. So, you see, you see this team. You think this team could have more regular season wins than this year's team? I think, I think this team. I don't. I, I, the odds of not dropping a midweek game are slim. I think this team has one or two. Could potentially have one or two more conference wins than next year. If you're looking around this conference. Vanderbilt's always going to be tough, even though they cheat. <laughs> I don't see. Any of the teams that did bad in the East this year, I don't see them doing great. Missouri lost a lot of arms. Kentucky was young. South Carolina was young, but they were just a little bit too behind everybody to, I think, really start trying to become contenders. Florida's probably going to be back where they're at. Um, we don't know who we're going to play in the East yet, guys, by the way, just so you know. Georgia's going to be about very similar. I think they take a slight step up in pitching, a slight at a big step down in batting, as good as they were pitching this year and as bad as they were hitting this year. In the West, Alabama is going to be Alabama. Auburn is going to be really, really good. Arkansas is going to be really, really good. LSU is going to slide back a little bit. I don't know about Texas A&M. They have to come here. I'm not worried about that. I am worried. I'm more worried about going to Auburn than Texas A&M coming here. Ole Miss is going to take a step back and come in here. Arkansas is going to come in here. I feel like we could, the other than our East series, our troublesome series next year is going to Auburn. And that's it. Yep. I don't know if we'll have to go to go to Nashville. I don't know if we'll have to go to uh, Athens. Don't know if, if Florida will come in here. I doubt we go to Gainesville. But I think we can win one or two more SEC games next year, especially if we get the benefit. We didn't get the benefit of playing some of the worst teams in the league, like uh, Missouri ended up being okay. But uh, we didn't get to play Kentucky. Didn't get to play uh, Missouri. Had to go to Tennessee and lost a fluke of a game. Tennessee lost a lot too. Uh, they they've got a lot of young hitters that are really good, but they lost a couple arms, and I think they'll be decent next year. We'll see. All right. Um, so one more projection question, and then we're going to move on to our last topic before we get to fan questions. Uh, so I just want to know. I want to pick your brain real quick. Who do you think is our leadoff hitter next year? It's got to be Rowdy. Yeah, I was thinking Rowdy or Westberg. I mean, you've got to – you want your highest average hitter. I kind of – if we do the – let's – I like to do next year the the lineup the way we did in 2017. Highest average first. Not really highest average because Rooker had the triple crown, but your hit for average guy first. Your best hitter second. Your best power hitter third. And your most level-headed, cl- calmest clutch hitter fourth. That's- that was kind of how we did, you know – 
Stovall was a cleanup hitter that year with that with two home runs. Yeah. Uh, and we had a great offense uh, that kept us in games and kept got us a super regional when we did not have a pitching staff at all. I mean, in terms so, of you know some of that profile fits this past year's batting lineup. If you really think about it, you know. Yeah, I think the way McNamee is supposed to hit is more of a he's more of an RBI getter than what I'm thinking of. And it kind of didn't work. He didn't have as many home runs as I thought he would have, and he also had to deal with injury and stuff. If – that's tough to say. That's not how the year started because Rowdy started off in the two-hole, and that would be more your traditional thing with Jake Rowdy. Started off being Jake Rowdy, uh, Tanner, Foskey. Yeah. And that would – that was your more traditional kind of thing. The way I'm saying it, it'll be Rowdy, Tanner, Westberg. No. Yeah, Rowdy, Tanner, Westberg, Foskey. That would be your – or no, that would be kind of even more traditional. It's just it's know. just so weird the way that our guys are because I feel like all of our juniors could come back next year and have some serious pop. Yeah. Any any of them. You know, maybe, maybe not as much with Rowdy, but – T.A., Foskey, and Westberg. It just depends on if, if what he's trying to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If Rowdy wants to come back with Pop, he will. But I think, I think you know, him being able to study Jake's game for the past two years, that might play something into it. I think he's going to come back and be your hit-for-average guy with more Pop than what Jake had. That'd be crazy. Uh, I think that – Man, putting together lineups hard. I'll tell you what one thing with the with the way our catching situation is, Hatcher and Landon Jordan and uh some of these guys, we're gonna have a Andre Tarver bats left handed, we're gonna have a lot of it's gonna be kind of be that SEC team that we hated to play that has all the left handed hitters. Yeah. Doesn't that sound fun to be the other guy that to be on the other side of that? <laughs> all right. Um, what's our are we moving on to fan questions at this point or what? Um, do you want to talk about the Jake Mangum situation? That's right. I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, guys, this is this is a reason to get mad. Jake Mangum, if you haven't heard, not only did he not play on scholarship the last two years, he walked on and paid for his own school the last two years. So if somebody else can get a scholarship, because baseball does not allow more than 11.7 scholarships. It's completely ridiculous. Jake Mangum, because he was a senior and has no leverage, Signed twenty thousand for a twenty thousand dollars signing bonus out of a more than four hundred sixty thousand slot value for his pick. What that means is where he was taken, the slot, the value of that pick is to that team is supposedly four hundred sixty nine thousand dollars on the spot. Okay, that's how much you know money is invested in that player, uh, where the resources that, that team uses. And Jake has twenty thousand dollars to speak for, to show for it. Uh, that's not enough to buy a new truck. That's a weak move by the Mets. It's a 2015 Camry. Uh, if it's in, if it has a dent in the bumper, and somebody that sells cars might say I'm way off on that. Mm. I don't sell cars, so. <laughs> but that's uh that's kind of sad. Not kind of. That's very sad. Um, I'm gonna get off my soapbox here in a second, but y'all all know that he deserves more than that. He deserves better. The juniors that don't have to come back. Or, or that don't have to go to the draft are getting so much more money. Antoine Duplantis was a senior, got drafted a little bit uh, behind Jake, 
and he's got he's got seventy eight, uh, I think eighty five grand. And that doesn't make any sense to me either because Jake is a better player than that guy. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of sad, but you know, I was gonna kind of I couldn't be a Mets fan because they're in Atlanta's division, but I was kind of you know gonna have a soft spot for them. That's gone. <laughs> I have to get traded. Screw the Mets to the Braves. Anyway. Yeah, let's uh, wait just to touch on that real quick because I know some of y'all probably don't care about the Braves but just speaking hypothetically if he does get traded to the Braves imagine that outfield in a few years you're gonna make me salivate Stop. <laughs> uh, what, would, what would that, that even would, look uh, like it'd be Acuna assuming that Pachi gets called all the way up and then we'd have Jake Mangum that stop, bro. All right. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of our rings. Okay, stop. <laughs> I cannot I, look of all the sports I follow. I'm least invested in Major League Baseball because I don't want to get my feelings hurt more than they're already hurt. Yeah. Okay. That's understandable. And if that happened, I would be have to get invested. It's kind of like I wasn't. I was not even totally invested in NFL football. I actually kind of like the Cowboys before Dak got there. But once he got there, I'm all in. Yep. I could run a I could run a Cowboys Instagram page just as easily. Yeah, but we'll we'll let Nick hold that one down. Yeah, we'll let Nick, our boss, mm-hmm. Nick, our my boss that's younger than me. Nick. <laughs> Love you, Nick. <laughs> okay, uh, so we'll finish up with uh, fan questions real quick. We have L Irwin twenty four right. for the first question. He says, "Do you think this team is built for an Omaha run next year?" To keep it short, yes. Yeah, we answered that question earlier. Yeah. Um, you asked me that exact question. Yeah. So then we have Shavan Menushuka. Sorry if that's you. Um, they asked, who's State's next big hitter? So you want to count it down? Uh, can we – Can we? how many names are we allowed to give? Um, <laughs> if uh, it's going to – I think it's between the, the next Rooker, Will Clark type player is between Allen and Foskey. Um, I give the nod to Allen hitting on the left side, hitting for average and for power. Uh, he's got all the tools the hitter needs. That guy, you know, if you ever watch Gocho and Lamar's talk about him, they they don't they don't touch his swing. Yeah. They let him do what he needs to do. They, okay. I actually remember he's early in the year him saying, uh, "This was Lamonis." He said, "In terms of hitting, all I I don't." I don't say anything to Tanner. All I need to go over with him is fielding, base running, and what time the game is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so he, uh, he, I, I could see it being Foscu, but that's this is you know these this junior class is going to be one that y'all are going to next year's junior class is going to be one that this program never forgets. No. Just letting y'all know. Get you get ahead of your don't you don't don't. Don't don't sleep on them. There are four dudes in that junior class who could be Mississippi State legends. There's there's four guys in that class that could be all Americans. Yep. All right. Um. So. What's your next question? Avery underscore Brooke twelve says favorite player on the team next year? Question mark. I'm gonna let you give yours first. Okay. So, I'm just gonna have to go with Rowdy Jordan. He's a fan favorite. You know, his his name gets chanted just about every time he walks up to the plate. Uh, he's got he's obviously going to be a leader favorite. next year. Yeah. If, uh, you know, I like to call players like him the lightning rod, <laughs> just because that he you will know, be that kind of guy. I think. Yeah. 
stuff just happens to Rowdy. Okay, it's just like it's the craziest thing ever. But he just walks up to the plate and stuff happens. That's the best way I know how to put it. He's uh he's a the, 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 the dynamic player. Yeah, that's the best way to describe Rowdy. He's dynamic. I think my favorite player, and I tell you how much I love pitchers. My favorite player next year, especially if he's a starter, would be Sarantola. Watch a guy on the mound with major league height, athleticism, and arm speed throw, touch 100 miles an hour, coming over the top with a hammer, absolute hammer 12-6 curveball. I'm going to be crying tears of joy every bat he gets a strikeout. I promise. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all do not. I I follow Pitching Ninja on Twitter. I love watching it. And I never pitched. I never, I never, I should have pitched at, my, at Bob Watson, my father, for never teaching me how to pitch. <laughs> he taught that had that had never pitched before, but not me. I wasn't I wasn't any good at baseball guys growing up. Sorry. That's why. But anyway. Uh I just love watching it and I think I'm gonna love watching him play the next two years in a, in maroon and white. Uh, yeah. He's gonna be special. All right. Um I say two years. If he stays four years, um I feel like something bad had to have happened yeah. for that and I don't wish that because he's gonna he's I he's agree. a first round draft. Um so last guy. fan question for this episode we have Rhett Ketchum who asked who is our best incoming freshman? And I'm going to say the easy answer for that one is Tarver, but do not sleep on Cameron James. I feel like you could easily stick him in uh, anywhere in the infield, really, but first. And Matt kind of touched on that in his original interview he did with us before, you know, the audio got screwed up. And we actually scrapped that question the second time around. But Elijah said that, you know, just from watching him, he has really good feel while he's hitting. Uh, His range is nice. You know, he – he can he can make an impact this season. Well, so, uh, guys, Gavin gets to watch a lot more high school baseball than me, so uh, I always let him handle those questions. He does a great job, and he knows what he's talking about. He's actually seen most of these guys play in person. Um, he goes to school with some of these recruits, so uh, he knows his stuff. Well, that's all we've got for tonight. So, uh, or, you know, maybe you're li- watch- listening to this in the morning when you're having your coffee and really relaxed, but... Uh, it's nighttime when we're recording. We just, both of us hope for the best of luck for whatever you're doing, uh, whatever you got going on. We hope it goes well for you. With that being said, hail state and praise the Lord and go dogs. Y'all have a good one.